One of the greatest problems of the last days will be deception. All types of deception will be rampant. We must stay alert, sober, clear-minded, taking ideas and thoughts to God, especially if there is controversy. For where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. I'm quoting from James chapter 3, verse 16. We must keep inside of us a love of the truth. A true love of the truth, where we want to know the truth where we want to live in the truth and walk in the truth. This is critical. There are church people who take in lies and fail to turn to God with these lies, to let God establish the truth, and they cling to the lie, and they keep it in their hearts, and eventually they are swept away because they refused the love of the truth that they might be saved. We read about that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Please look for just a moment at Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, where Jesus is speaking to one of the churches. Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that overcometh, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life says Jesus. Overcoming means turning to God with the situation and allowing God to establish the truth in our heart, giving up the lies that we might have stored up about someone or something, and walking in truth. And that puts us on the proper highway of God as we live on this earth. Have you ever seen a person in a church group who just couldn't get it straight? Who just couldn't seem to repeat truths? And you never knew really if the story she was telling was true or was not true because you'd had so much experience with her getting things mixed up. Have you ever had that happen where you've known someone like that? 
It's almost like they have mental retardation, and some might. But I've known church members who held responsible jobs, had education, and could not live in the truth. And eventually, both of the people I've known who have been like that were removed by God from our church group. They would not hold on to truth, and one of them really could not hold on to truth. This one woman had been in our church group for 39 years. I was in the hospital, the rehabilitation hospital, recovering from an accident where I had fallen at my house and had surgery. And this woman came into my room and sat down in a chair beside my bed, and she said to me, I no longer care about anyone or anything. I don't read the Bible. I don't read the blog. I no longer care. I replied, but if you go that way, what is to become of you? She said, I don't want to talk to you about this. And she got up and went into the bathroom that was there in my room, private bathroom, and she shut the door. About that same time, a nurse came in. And I called out to this woman and I said, don't leave until the nurse finishes with me. As the nurse was working on me, I saw this woman sneak out of the bathroom and out of the door of my room. I knew she had taken in a lie of the devil on what she said to me, that she, didn't, she no longer cared about anyone or anything. I knew it was a lie of the devil that she had accepted and had lived in. The reason I knew is she has a little dog, and I knew she cared about that little dog. Devils will try to bring lies to us to get us to be frustrated or to get us to hurry up or to get us to live in those lies. Pam Paget, a member of the Body of Christ in our little group, Pam is, she's one of the most diligent people I have ever known in searching out the truth. We can be just sitting there watching a television program or I can say something about some secular matter and before I know it, Pam has her Kindle tablet in her hand looking the subject up to confirm the truth of the facts, of the details. She's so diligent with the subject of truth, even in small secular matters, which we should be diligent in. Something happened to her recently that is just hilarious. She awoke one morning and she said thoughts were just sort of darting through her mind 
and she was thinking, I've got so much to do today. Then Pam thought, I'd better pray about this. Then immediately the thought came, you don't have time to pray. And Pam responded, I don't. And she began to pray about what she had to do that day. And there were only two or three things that she could even think of to talk to God about that she had to do that day. The devil is such a liar. And he will bring to us things like this to disturb us, to see if we'll go along with them. I had something I think really funny happen to me during this Donald Trump controversy over the um, January 6, 2021 riots of the Capitol. Twitter took away his account. And the thought came, or I thought, oh, what if Twitter takes away my account? And then I remembered, I don't have a Twitter account. A devil had just brought that out of the clear blue sky. That's what devils do to trouble us. John 10.10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. And then Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. But in the last days, the devil's torments will be even worse. There's a scripture that says, because he knows his time is short. Peter warned us. 1 Peter chapter 5. Start at verse 8. Be sober. That means clear-minded. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour whom resist steadfast in the faith. He will bring thoughts to our mind, even concerning things of God, concerning the faith, to try to pull us away. He will bring thoughts to our mind about people to try to separate us from those people. He will do what he can to devour us. He brings the thought, and if we go along with it, and it is always going to be alive when it is of the devil. You can know it's exactly opposite to what you think or the thought that came to you. You have to establish truth. How do we establish truth? The first thing to do is pray about it. Ask God to show you the truth about that thought that came, about that person, about that situation. Depend on God first. Because if we just jump in there and try to sort it out, and if there's envy and strife, there will be confusion and every evil work. I believe it's in Psalm 51 where David said, he prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. These are problems common to all. Lies will come to us 
in the form of a thought to see if we'll go along with it. If we will go along with the lie, the devil will bring more lies. And we've opened a door and just stepped in. And it's a trap. We must love the truth, establish the truth, let God establish the truth in our heart. And we must yield to the truth when God shows us the truth and give up the hatred that we might have stored up against someone or give up our belief about some secular matter or even a spiritual matter. I came across a scripture one time in 1 John chapter 2. It's verse 18. We'll read it. The Apostle John said to the church, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. When I was a new Christian and went to one church group, they began talking about Antichrist, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And they said at the end time, Antichrist would come. And they, in that church group back in the 70s, thought Antichrist was Henry Kissinger. At the time Tolstoy wrote War and Peace, the Russian people who were being invaded by the French and Napoleon considered that Antichrist was Napoleon. No doubt some people in 1940 thought Hitler was the Antichrist. But here I'm reading a verse of scripture where the apostle John said, there are already many Antichrists. And God opened my eyes to see that Antichrist is not one man. There are many Antichrists. Antichrist means opposite to Christ. It means opposite to scripture. When a church changes the scripture, and falls away from scripture, and sets up another scripture, that's Antichrist. Antichrist is a spirit. It's like there's not just one devil. There are many devils, and they are sometimes in human beings. Because the human being has allowed the devil to come into their hearts with a lie. We don't have to have that happen. Matter of fact, we really must not let that happen. What we have to do with everything is take it to God in prayer and let him establish it. We had a problem with a car, a new car. Just uh, We bought it in 2020, and there was a problem with it. We took it to the car dealer, as you would expect to do with a new car, and the car dealer said, oh, you've had a custom sound system put into this car. You'll have to have them fix the problem. And we were shocked. Well, we don't know anything about a car. Is the problem the people that install the custom sound system or is the problem from the car dealer? The custom sound people they had one business right around the corner from the car dealer. So Pam Paget 
talked to the manager, and he was so nice. He said, well, I will go up there immediately and get the car and bring it down here, and we will check the installation of the sound system, and we will see if it has been installed incorrectly, and if so, we will fix it. And he said, we'll settle this between us and the dealer. He said, we'll take care of this. He was so nice. He said, you don't have to be involved at all. We will deal with the subject, and it will be made right one way or another. That's really going out of your way to help your customer. I was very impressed. So he went up to the car dealer and picked up the car and brought it back down to his business. They checked the installation of the sound system and they found, no, it, there wasn't a problem in the way it was installed. And they took it back to the dealer and the dealer got with the manufacturer of the car and found two things that were wrong that needed to be replaced, two parts, and he replaced them. And we got the car back and we were very happy with it. And then there was another problem. The mirror on the side of the car, it will fold up when you went into a garage, but then when you backed out, it was supposed to automatically reset. And it wouldn't do that. So Pam took the car back to the dealer. And once again, the dealer said it was caused by the sound people who had put insulation in the door of the car. Well, we don't know anything about a car. We're caught right in the middle of two people. One saying it's their problem. The other one saying it's their problem. And we're in the middle. I just turned to God in prayer and I said, you know all truth. We don't know anything. You know all truth. Please work through it and get this fixed. Well, the car dealer found that it needed to have one part replaced, but he said it was something damaged by the sound people who installed it, and therefore the car would not be under warranty, and somebody would have to pay them for the part and to fix the car. Well, we'll pay. I don't want the sound people paying for something that might not have even been their problem. We'll pay. God has provided me enough money to take care of this problem. Why not let yourself be defrauded? I think you'll find that in 1 Corinthians 6. Why not suffer loss? Don't argue over this money. This whole earth is going to be destroyed. Even in the last days, there will be rich men who will throw the silver and their gold into the streets, recognizing it's totally worthless. When God starts bringing the great tribulation upon this world and the hail falls and the earthquakes come and all of the things come that can only come by God, then the rich men will know their money will do no good. There is one scripture which we read that the heavens and earth will be shaken. The earth will be moved out of its place in the last days, just before the coming of Jesus.
the earth will be moved out of its place in the solar system. You can read that in Isaiah 13, 13. How important is this money? We have enough for food and we enough for raiment. I live a debt-free life. I don't spend every penny that I get. And so I have some money saved. I can pay for this problem of this part of the car. I told Pam, I said, I'll pay for it. Don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. Well, Pam wasn't worried about it. And she told the sound people, said, now we do not want you to pay anything. We will take care of this. So when we picked up the car, after the car dealer fixed it, we paid. There was no argument, no controversy. Why not suffer loss? Don't you know God will repay you? And that's basically what Paul is writing about in the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So you can read that and that may settle your mind if you have a controversy on money. Back to this subject of having many Antichrists, which the Apostle John said there were already many Antichrists in the church in his day. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. Later, after I learned this, I was talking with a woman who attends some church, I think maybe Church of Christ, and something came up about Antichrist, and I said, oh, John said there were, are many Antichrists, not just one Antichrist. And I read the scripture to her and told her the scripture, and this woman said to me, well, okay, but I'm just going to go ahead and stay with our church doctrine. See, you can't do that. You cannot do it. You have to love the truth. And if the truth is opposite from the church doctrine, and you see it in the Bible, and it's not the same, you have to choose the Bible. And if you continue to live in the lie of the devil, or you continue to live in something that's wrong and you ignore the truth, God may decide to turn you over to a reprobate mind, which is a mind without God's judgment. You can read about a reprobate mind in Romans chapter 1, down at the bottom of the chapter. If we refuse the love of the truth and we keep refusing the love of the truth and it doesn't matter to us and if it seems to be such a small matter, who cares? It's going to put us in terrible danger because we have read Second Thessalonians chapter 2 because they refused the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall turn them over to a strong delusion that they would believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but took pleasure in unrighteousness. Therefore, we have to keep a strong love of the truth. And there are so many ways in the last days 
that deception will try to come to us. But we must always fight for truth, the truth. There is a scripture which says, what is truth? The truth is Jesus, the Word. Turning to God, if we really want to know the truth on the matter at hand, if we really want to know it, and we turn to God and ask Him to show us the truth, He'll be happy to show us the truth. But if we have envy and strife in our heart and we're just trying to prove that that other person's wrong, we might be turned over to a strong delusion and allowed to continue to believe a lie. I met a woman one time who, when she found out that I was a church person, when she found out that, she began asking me about the subject of tongues. And I said, well, the Apostle Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues. And she said, oh, Paul said to forbid tongues? And I said, no, that's not what Paul said. In 1 Corinthians 14, 39, the Apostle Paul said, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Don't forbid tongues. She said, oh, what she was looking for was something whereby she could prove her father wrong because he went to some denomination of church where they allowed tongues and she wanted to prove it was wrong. She had evil in her heart against her own father. Well, after that, I really had nothing more to do with this woman uh, because when they're deluded like this, if God has deluded her, which is possible, says that for this cause God would turn them over to strong delusion. If they do not have that love of the truth in them, if they're turned over by God to a strong delusion, there's nothing I can do for them. Because it's God who has deluded them. If it's a devil who's deluded the person, I might be able to reason with the person. And they might come to see they're wrong. But if God's turned them over to a strong delusion, that's a totally different matter. If God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. Now, these scriptures are in... 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, and Romans chapter 1, down there at the bottom of the uh, chapter, where it tells about God giving them over to a reprobate mind because they don't care to keep the truth of God before them. God will give them over to a reprobate mind. And in 2 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul said, Examine yourself. Prove your own selves, whether you be in the faith. Don't you know that Jesus lives in you, except ye be reprobate? So these are very serious matters. Of course, if they're reprobate, they probably can't tell they're reprobate. But you might be spared by recognizing it, because I don't think we can deal with them. I tried for 39 years to deal with two people in our church group. Eventually, one of them left on her own, and the other one railed out at me. 
and accused me of various grievances. And what God did was that night, he gave me a dream. Because I'd ask him to judge me. If I did these things she accused me of doing, if I had done wrong by her, I needed to know so that I could repent. I could not continue to do work of the ministry if I'd done this wrong. Well, that night God gave me a dream to show me the truth. I opened the door of my house, and outside my door were bags of garbage, many bags of garbage. And they were all outside the door, and then all the way up and down the front of my house, somebody had dumped all of their garbage. I knew God was showing me that this woman stored up in her heart things against me and did not resolve them. And it was like bags of her own garbage that she threw and left at my house. So I knew the truth. She handled things wrongly. If you think someone's done something against you and you're offended by them, and you store it up in your heart, and you don't settle it with God by taking it to God, it would be like that. We must take everything to God. If we are offended by another person, we must turn to God and say, please help me to see the truth. And we must be willing to accept the truth. If we've done something to that person, and God shows us we have, we have to do whatever we can to clear it up. But there are many times that the person is offended by us when we haven't done anything against them. And the only one who knows the truth is God. The only one who knows the truth, but he knows the truth. And if we want to know the truth so that we can repent if needed, he will certainly show it to us. But if we're just trying to prove the other person wrong, our heart is bad. But there will be a great deal of deception in the end times, and we must stay sober and alert, awake, and be vigilant in taking matters to God and allowing Him to establish the truth, and then we accept the truth. Because if we refuse the truth it can get to the point we can't repent because we can't see because we've lived in lies so long and held on to lies that we no longer can see. And if you can't see that you've done wrong, you can't repent. We see this all the time. People saying on television, I've done no wrong. I've done nothing wrong. Haven't you heard people say that? When I hear that, I say, oh, this person can't see. Because, let's just end with one more scripture. During the plagues, even with all those plagues that God sent upon the earth, that could have only come from God, they did not repent of the evil that they had done. We read that in... Revelation chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. 
and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues of the great tribulation, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Why did they not repent? Because God had removed from them the ability to see what they were doing. They can't see they did anything wrong. Well, we certainly don't want to get in that situation, because if you can't see you've done wrong, you can't repent. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.